When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Eck tested positive today. So, he was going to be in, but he tested positive. So, um... Kirill uh, is in as it sits right now. Um, Greenway's in as it sits right now. Duhame is in as it sits right now. Um, after that, um, that's it. That's it. Dean Evison, your team barely plays games, but no lack of news notes. Uh, reckless speculation on a reckless speculation Thursday. Welcome into Judd's Hockey Show. Judd Zolgad, of course. Declan Goff, of course. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take this uh, piece by piece. Declan Goff, Kirill Kaprizov being back is fantastic news because when he got hit in Boston on what was definitely a cheap shot, um, it looked bad. I couldn't tell if it was um, a shoulder, a concussion, if it was a combination of both. But I think the fact that the plan is to have Kirill back in the lineup tomorrow against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, has to be considered it from a wild standpoint. Absolutely great news. Yeah, big time news. Uh, you know, I, I will say as much as it stinks that the Wild didn't play hockey, I think you can make a case that they benefited the most from not having these games on the schedule. They had a lot of guys banged up. COVID's kind of still obviously here and it isn't going away either. Obviously, Joel Erickson neck testing positive on Thursday, who was supposed to be in the lineup for Friday. That means Victor Rask now has to step into the lineup and and potentially play significant minutes, which is a topic in its own right. But uh, Kirill's injury at what we thought it was going to be against Trent Frederick would look like a, you know, as we speculate on injuries, possible separated shoulder. Was it a concussion? He went to the boards very awkwardly. It was hobbled off the ice. He's a tough SOB. There's no question about that. But I think it was obviously concerning watching him basically hobble off there and kind of not knowing the timetable when it first was he won't be playing for a while. Well, he's mm-hmm. obviously a, a pretty strong dude, so he's he's going to be able to be back in the lineup for the Wild on Friday. That is great news for Minnesota. Uh, they had the Anaheim Ducks on Friday, and then some Monday matinee hockey. Judd, I'm all about this matinee hockey. Uh, this Martin is one of the Virginia. few things the NHL is starting to do right. I know at Willie O'Ray, uh, 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 day is that Reed. day. Is, Willow Reed Day is that day for MLK Day. So that's awesome. I love seeing some matinee hockey. But most importantly, uh, too, the Minnesota Wild kind of get their roster for the most part back here, which is important for them. I'm excited. Glad there's some hockey to talk about. Do we have uh, from practice? Do I think at Tria? Do we have leaking lines 
Have lines gotten out? Do, do we have an idea? Like, it feels so long between games. I'm starved. Right. I'm starved here. So, like, I'm sure it's Zuccarello, Kaprizov, Hartman. But um, so Boldy was sent to the taxi squad, not the not the minors. So he is he can be moved up, correct? Yeah. Rossi's been sent down. Like, and, and Pitlick's gone now. Mm-hmm. Claimed off the waiver wire by the just woefully god awful <laughs> terrible. It's a Montreal Canadiens. Do you have um, line constructions at all for me? So I do know the Wild had it. It was an optional practice on Thursday. I believe the optional practices for we got to put them through the paces. I know I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I don't believe we have the line heathens as uh, our friend, Jesse Pierce likes to say, who usually provides it for the audience because she's all over the line heathens. And so many people love adding her for those exact reasons. Uh, No lines that I can find at least digging up right now, but I'm guessing, yeah, that top line will stay intact uh, with Kaprizov. Zuccarello and Ryan Hartman. Um, and I believe at first, you know, it was Eck was going to slide in back with Felino and Greenway. That was, I believe, also reported. That was the original plan, that being the Wilds kind of go to line for the better part of the last year now. Um, but now I'm kind of curious on who else has to slide in. Because if, man, if Matthew Boldy has to play with Victor Rask and his and his slugging skates there. I'm I'm Boldy will probably upset. play with Fiala on the other wing. End, is that right? Yeah, that, and, that can and, help. And then who's the center for that line? Is it because uh, I I would take it that Rossi's not being called back up. No. So I so would it be would it be um, Goudreau Frederick Goudreau Rask? Well, wait would 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 Rask have to play then? Because if Goudreau so if if the third line is or technically third line I guess. If the third line is going to be bad, but Goudreau might have to kick up to the second line, you might be right. I, I don't like this. I already don't like it. Why couldn't Eck have gotten? Why couldn't Eck have gotten the COVID back about a week and a half ago? Well, there's a lot of questions that we. I wish we could answer about COVID that we can't. Uh, so, that we can't so seem upsetting. to seem to figure out. But uh, but at least look, Kaprizov's back. I think that's great news. Um, I know Galagoski. I think is still a little bit questionable. Regardless, um, you know the Wild are getting some of their core players back, which is which I think is great. So they were they play to play their Iowa roster. Spurgeon and Brodine not back, and and I I have heard there's very there is very much a concern about how long Brodine is going to be out, which could be a major setback because he is their as much as I like Spurge, Brodine's the best. Of All right, here we go. Here's what I got. This was I believe the lines uh, yesterday before Eck tested positive. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So it was Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello, Greenway, Eck, and Felino. The third line was Boldy, Goudreau, Fiala. And then the fourth line was Duhame, Sturm, uh, Connor Dewar. So with Eck out, I don't know if Goudreau will slide up to the Eck spot. I don't know if Rask gets in. I don't know if Boldy, Goudreau, Fiala stay together and Rask goes there. But that is the kind of million dollar question that they'll have to figure out now that Eck has tested positive. Write this down. Rask will be the center for Boldy Fiala tomorrow. Ugh, God, though I feel bad. Stur- I don't think they're going to move Sturm. I think they love. I think they like Sturm yeah. where Sturm is. I agree. Um, which, by the way, I've just grown comfortable with. Um, As I've told I, you, I spent I, look, he's last he's, season sort of lashing out. But he's a nice player, Judd. He's a nice player, and I know we wanted him to get more. I they know who he is, and Nico Sturm brings some nice speed and nice size of the wild. But I, I agree, he's not a finisher. He's not going to be someone that plays above a bottom six. It's just not who he's going to be. 
Uh, Cam Talbot, you said, is back at practice. Is that correct? That is correct. Cam Talbot was Lower uh, body. back at practice after uh, sustaining that injury uh, during the Winter Classic. Now I will imagine that Kapo Kakinen still gets the net uh, on Friday against the Ducks since uh, this is his basically Cam Talbot's first practice back in almost two weeks. Um, yep. But, uh, yes, Kapo Kakinen, who has played well, man. With Cam Talbot's absence, and uh, I think it's making a case that maybe he is going to stick around That's, here and be an NHL goaltender. I'm, I'm going to make you Dean for a day. Okay. If you're Dean for a day, because uh, I, I think you're right. I don't think they're going to rush Cam back, and so Capo gets the net tomorrow against the Ducks team. By the way, that's good now. Like, they, they're good. Um, so if you are the head coach of this team, and let's say Capo comes out again to play strong on on Friday night against the Ducks. Do you, when Talbot is set to go, do you, so do you start to go to um, not a true rotation, perhaps that might be too strong, uh, but do you start to work in more starts for Capo um, based on how he has played these past two games? And as I said, this would also be contingent on him playing well Friday. Yeah, I do. Um, you know, Talbot's back I know at, you thought about that before. Yep, Tal- Talbot's back at practice, obviously, today. You can make a case that his first start could be Monday against Colorado if he's indeed rehabbing properly, his legs are being fresh. But um, you know the Wild do have back to backs, home and homes against or home and aways, excuse me, against Chicago this time next week, Friday, Saturday. So obviously, some Capo's not going to start both of those in the back to back. Yeah, I, I think in general, I think this has kind of given them a case to play Capo Cockinen more. Uh, Capo's barely played this season when he's been playing. He's actually been successful. There's only one start that he's allowed more than two goals this season. I think we kind of forget about that because Cam Talbot's in net so so uh, so often. Uh, but I think with Capo Kakinen starting to take the reins here, I mean, look, they played their Iowa roster, and they played a, a, a Capitals team who I believe was coming off the heels of a back-to-back, so they retired. But still, Capo Kakinen saved them uh, in both those games. Yeah. Those, were, th- those were four points the Wild earned, mostly because of their goaltending they were so injured and if, and sometimes your goalie has to be your best player uh so i thought if if i, I think if capo cockin is indeed taking this next step that you would you would hopefully be able to see him in net more i think this is a good thing for the wild they, they needed someone to not have cam talbot out there for 75 basically percent of their starts which is kind of where the math was close to tracking and if capo is indeed taking the next step here this is good you don't have to go buy a goalie on the on the open market um, that this is good things. I think Capo Kakin has earned some more trust in the Wild Faithful. I would like to see him play more. Um, I also don't think that I don't think Talbot's as good as they think at times. Like I like Talbot, and and I do think that he is your top guy. So I'm not trying to take that away. But there's times where it feels like they think that Cam Talbot is this veteran who has to play and. Cam Talbot's up and down at times. Yep. Um, and so so do do I think that Capo Kakinen is like the slam dunk next guy up long term top goalie when Cam Talbot's gone? No, I don't. Do I think that Capo Kakinen is a good player? Yes. Do I think that there is a like this huge gap from Cam Talbot's up here? And I'm I'm talking consistently because all all goaltenders go through hot and cold streaks, Dex. Yep. But I don't feel that Cam Talbot's up here and Capo's down here. I feel like on mo- on the ordinary days when when both are just playing good hockey, that they're fairly close. I'd put Talbot a little bit above 
Capo, but I don't think it's this huge difference. Um, and, you know, here's the thing that we have to be prepared for. As little as the Wild is playing right now because of COVID and, you know, games in Canada being canceled, which, by the way, it's getting ridiculous. Why they didn't play the Jets here this week, I still don't get. Um, but that's not my decision, and I have no say. The reality is at some point in time, we're going to see a new schedule. And I understand that they're going to get the Olympic break back to play games. But the Olympic break was like, what, two and a half weeks or so? Yeah. There's going, they're, they're going to have to jam games in um, at some point. And I don't know if they're going to back up the playoffs too. But it's very clear that at some point soon, you can't just ride a goaltender. Like, you can't just be like, oh, Cam Talbot's the guy. You don't understand. Um, you will drive that guy into the ground. And by the time the playoffs start, he will be melted. Correct. So, so there becomes this incredibly important dance that's going to have to be done, no matter what you think of Capo or Cam, that gives both of them regular playing time. And, and so I'm with you. I am not saying now that, hey, they're flip-flop, it's Capo's net. But I am saying both of them are going to have to play. And, and look, you know, Dex, this has played out in part because of the wild not playing games and other teams are playing, but they're now what third or fourth in the division. I think they're fourth now, right? Yeah. But, but it's games in hand. But my point is if you play anybody, if you play a goalie too much and those games in in hand become L's because that goaltender is tired and starting to struggle, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get those points. Right. So, so this is a tough division. The wild is, I think because the Pacific's not that good. The Wild is 1,000% a playoff team, but I think that goaltending structure and that goaltending juggling is going to become incredibly important because when you're playing back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back, which they're going to have to do at some point, um, you've got to maximize those points. And I don't think just saying we are relying on Cam Talbot, and I don't think that that the Wild's dumb enough to do that, but that can't be done. And so this is going to get to be a really interesting sort of equation of how you play your goaltenders to maximize getting points back from games that you should have played but haven't. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the splits so far, uh, Cam Talbot has played 24 games. Kapo Kakinen has played 10 games. You do the math here on the fly. That means Cam Talbot has basically appeared in 70% of the games so far this season, um, which is too much. That's a 70-30 split. I can't be having that. Um, Even with Talbot, if he was playing even better, I can't be really having that kind of ratio. I think in a healthy world, it's a 60-40. Um, I think it's a 60-40 split between your your number one goalie and your backup goalie. Um, and now that Kapokakinen is starting to play more, I think that's that's kind of good. It's got to be closer to that. It has to be closer to a 50-50 split, 55-45. Um, look at me doing math on the fly here. Uh, you can Some actually start to... Through. Go yeah, Huskies. You can actually start to make a case that Capo Kakinen has earned the right to play more, and, and we're going to figure out here soon what the hell they're going to do with the February schedule. They're going to have to obviously announce some revising well, to it. Uh, is the yeah. regular season now going to... Yep, like the, the rest of the schedule. Right. Is the like, regular, is yep, is the regular season going to continue more? Does the playoffs get dragged out longer because of this process? I think we're all leaning towards a yes on that. It's, it's a fluid situation. Um, but I think in general... You going forward, you know, as it stands on January 13th, you have to go to a 60, 40, 55, 45 split. And I, I lean more Talbot because he's the veteran and they trust him more. Um, sure. But Capo, I think taking the next step in his development is big for the wild. I think it, it answers a lot of questions and doesn't have to be something you have to go find a need for in, in the offseason. 
Yeah, and and that split too at, at times might have to be more evenly distributed than even you said, depending on the schedule. Because I mean, at some point in time, they're just gonna have to cram games in here. This is why this is why I don't I don't like this Canadian thing. They're not playing because they won't allow fans in in the stands. I'm telling you, uh, the Wild was supposed to play at the Jets on Tuesday, Dex. If the if the X was not occupied that night, that game should have been ma- mandated to be played here. You need to. I understand that the Jets want their home games, gates, and that's absolutely fair. Uh, but at some point in time, for the quality of the product, you need to just play the games. The Boldy Rossi first impressions. Yeah, I'll start by saying this: it was almost exactly what I expected. You, I, I thought that. I thought that, and I think we talked about this last week, Boldy would look prepared, ready, and through no fault of his own, this is not criticizing Marco Rossi, we expected it to be a little bit bumpier for him. Did anything surprise you about the first impression from two of the, uh, or not two of, the top two prospects in this organization. Yeah, no, it did not. Uh, I, I thought Boldy made an immediate impact. Rossi is Rossi's game's there. It's just it's not at the level that Boldy's game is yet. And that's just because of Boldy playing a little bit more and having a little bit more experience playing in North American hockey. Um, you know, I, I think Rossi will eventually be back up here. The, the I think, and I know Michael Russo, friend of the show, loves to at these people, and I, I know the at mentions just destroy his uh, his his mental state, but. You know, they sent Boldy back to the taxi squad for cap reasons, similar for Rossi. Now, remember that Rossi, if he plays in more than 10 games in the NHL, that burns the first year of his contract. Boldy's first year has already been burned. He burned last year, so he's in the second year of his of his contract, no matter how many games he, he played. Like like Kreisov was last yes. year. Yes, so, so don't, in terms of the cap math and trying to figure out, the, 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 Boldy does not apply here. The Rossi, Rossi, situ- Rossi situation does warrant some discussion. If he plays in more than 10 games, do they want to burn that first year? And they have to figure that part out. And Rossi's not on the, pra- on the taxi squad, though, right? He got sent back. He got flat out sent back down. I-, I thought he got sent down, and then Boldy, for sure, got put on this COVID taxi squad. But I, I thought that they made it the move to send Marco back to Des Moines. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case... Which I which I think is totally fair. Um, Marco Rossi is going to be really good, and I really like him. I'm on the fence about like how, how much I need to, how much he needs to be here right now. Sure. With Boldy, I think he needs to be here, and I think he needs to play. Yep. I think Matthew Boldy is a National Hockey League power forward who I want to see. I don't think there's a slow cook here. I think you need to find him playing time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, I think Boldy has done enough to not go back to Iowa. Uh, Rossi will. It, it's no, going to take a little bit of time. Um, look, I I don't like Victor Rask playing significant minutes uh, for the Wild. I don't want it at all. They you know they they cleared some space by sending him down. No one claiming him from the waiver wire, which makes a hell of a lot of sense. They don't want to be on the hook for all of his cap hit. Um, but I, I think Rossi most likely, and you know we could possibly write this down on an addition of Mackie and Judd will play in those 10 games. I think he'll play eventually when it's all said and done by game 82 of this season. We'll probably play 10 games with the big club. Um, now, to, to ask you a question you might know the answer of, let's if he plays under the 10, the playoff games don't count, right? Like the playoff games, I don't think account to oh, that. I have to look that up. 10 I games. don't know for sure. 
I don't. I think you're right, but I'm not positive. I, I think I yeah. I think I'm right on that. I could be. I could be spitballing, but I don't think the playoff games are attached to that. Now, if the Wild make the playoffs, I'd be shocked. Pending injury, if if Marco Rossi's not on that playoff roster and and playing significant minutes. Um, but See, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be entirely. I wouldn't be entirely shocked by that. I don't know. I I watched him. Um, I, I went to the game on was that Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah, against the Capitals, and I watched him pretty closely. And I'm going to say I'm very—he's a talent. So I am not saying that he—he he is in no way not a talent. Okay, so hear me clearly. For the now, I'm on the fence about if he belongs here yet. Um, he does things that I say, that I saw that definitely translate really well. Mm-hmm. It's a really slight guy right now. Um. And and look, I mean, it's what we thought. Boldy, physically, mentally, all of those to me is ready. Yep. Marco Rossi's a borderline guy, mentally and physically. And I just don't I don't know. I don't think that you're gonna ruin him. I just don't know how much can be expected from him. What what was the thing to you that stood out about Rossi maybe not being ready just from seeing him in person? What was was there something about his game that you noticed this right away, just from an eye test being up there that you noticed about Rossi? Yeah, physically I don't think he is. I, I think the I think when you get to especially the playoffs, which are hell. I mean, they're great. I love him as a fan, but they are hell to play in. Um, I think he would get really, and, and now he's got some skills that could avoid this a little bit, but I think he would get abused. I really do. Um, now it depends on where he plays, but here's the thing, Dex, and, and this is where, and I, I've got a conversation um, for our next topic in my notes about this. Here's the thing that's different. Old school, you would say, oh, Marco Rossi, of course he'll play and he'll play fourth line, right? Like, you know, dial down the pressure on Marco Rossi. Bill Guerin, and he's talked about this before, and I think Dean as well, and I, I agree with this. They don't want to take a guy who is a top six guy eventually, or for sure top nine, and put him on the fourth line. Right. And so so the question, so like the Matthew Boldy, in my opinion, should have played in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Guerin and Dean think, okay, where are we going to play him? And and if we have to play him on the fourth line, we'd almost rather not play him. Now you can debate that. Like this is a good topic to discuss and it's a conversation and ultimately it's a debate. But when it comes to Rossi, where I think he should probably play now in high pressure games, isn't a place where they want to play him. And that's the issue. They they want to pop him in like they did with Boldy right now, which is top six guy in my opinion. Yeah. So anyway, that's the conundrum. And that's where I think that there's a difference of opinion probably about Rossi's role right now. Yeah, I think that's probably accurate. Let let him play significant minutes in Iowa at this point. There's no um, there's no significant reason to 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 rush him back up here. Uh, I I think eventually, as I told you, I, I think eventually he ends up playing more than those ten games with this club. Um, but you don't have to rush him up. Boldy's clearly ready. Like uh, just from watching on TV, you got to see him in person. Boldy is ready to contribute. It's it's clear. Um, but Rossi's going to take a little bit more time, and that's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. And the other the um, other discussion about this too that's intriguing is this one: when if you can get the right center, if you do a line that has Boldy and Fiala on the wings, and Goudreau might be this guy. I don't, I don't love him. I don't dislike him. Mm-hmm. But my point is, 
then I think your line just distribution for now, for the now, becomes obvious. Hartman, Kaprizov, Zuccarello is first line. Boldy, Fiala, center is the second line. And that Eck line truly becomes a grind line that's yeah. really good at that. Because um, right now, because right now I keep say, saying the Eck line to me is really the second line. But I think if you could distribute Fiala, Boldy, because here's here's my thing. It's my belief, at least. Matthew Boldy is a better player right now than Greenway. I think he's a more talented player than Greenway. And yep. I, odds are he's going to have a more impactful career than Greenway. I, I, I don't like player. Jordan Greenway. I'm not a big Jordan Greenway stand by any means. I, I don't know if I can say, I don't know if I can go there yet. Okay. I think from what I've seen, he's a better player. Okay. But but I would not, but if you get the right center with Fiala and Boldy, I would have I would appreciate going into the playoffs with a distribution of, of your top three lines that that makes the Eck line a clear third line. They're gonna play a ton. Yep. Uh but I think it would make the right now, I'm like Fiala is consistently on a third line. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer and now he, he has to play consistently as well. But I think with Boldy, I think it I think that might be a good pairing. Yeah, I'm just guessing here. I'm spitballing. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think if uh, if if Rossi's game was further along, I mean, I mean, I almost said a word. You 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 could make a really nice case that that down the middle you'd have Eck, Rossi, and Hartman, um, or I should say Hartman, Rossi, Eck, because uh, then Rossi mm-hmm. and Boldy can play together. Fiala on that other flank, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh damn, that that actually is a lot talented. And that on paper that sounds like a lot of fun. I just don't think right. Rossi's game's going to be probably to where we'd like it to be. Um, unless he takes a significant step forward by that time. That's why, you know, the, the Thomas Hurdle discussion is fun because, I mean, my God, you plug in Thomas Hurdle and n- now you're really, let's play. But what can you give up? What, what's it going to cost to get him? There's there's a possibility that it's just, it, it's too much. Um, the Walls, man, my Wallstead idea, as it always does, my reckless wild trade, I got. It blew up. Yeah, I got pushed I tried back to, from I that. Tried I know. War- I tried to warn you. I know. I didn't even pile on you, but I tried to warn you. <laughs> Look, it's a goaltender who could be your guy for a long time. I'm pretty sold on that, okay? And I'm not trading Boldy, and I'm not trading Rossi. Um, if you had a chance to keep Hurdle, I'd be far more open to a discussion of a significant trade. I'm not doing a rental for this season. No, I agree. Sorry about that. I get it. So, I get it. I get it. I'm not doing that, but you know what I am doing? What's that? I am doing a weight loss program that has worked magic for me. Thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, down 30 plus pounds, 240 when I started. Wow. All jowly, all fat, six chins, pants too. Big pants that fit mm. tight. That's big breezers. Tough. Big breezers on me. Now down 30 plus pounds, around 208. I'm down to a 36 inch waist jean. I'm not as jowly. I got some old man face here going, okay. but I'm not as bad. And I want you to join me on the I Did It, the Livia I Did It eight-week challenge, your first eight weeks for free. Just as an example, I lost 26 pounds in my first eight weeks. You can lose 26 pounds for free. Heck, you could lose more. Offer ends soon. Call today, 855-GO-LIVIA. Livia, L-I-V-E-A, L-I-V-E-A dot com. Check out the website. Give them a call. Check in. Do a consultation. I'm going to tell you right now, this program is as easy as it gets, and you will take the weight off. And imagine springtime coming and saying, it's the new me for 2022. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all those all those spring and then summer clothes fit you. Livia.com. Um, I want to talk about the, 
the fourth line and line sure. distribution. And and I want to get your thoughts on this because I find it to be I find it to be very interesting. And again, it's how things have changed because we used to just take young guys or players that we flat out really didn't like and stick them on the fourth line. Okay. It's the decision to waive Pitlick, who they picked up yeah. off waivers at the start of the season from Nashville. And here's the intriguing thing. The decision was made because Connor Dewar has played well. He's got good speed. He's, you know what? I, I, I mean, I watch him in, I think he is a little bit comparable to Duhame in the fact he's not going to knock your socks off, but he fits his role really well. Mm-hmm. But, De- but Dex, what I find intriguing here is it again speaks to the fact that that Garen and Everson very much have a plan for the distribution of players. And it's not just, uh, well, we'll stick this guy here and stick this guy there. They got Pitlick because they thought that he could do, that he, he had a decent skill set and would be a good bottom six guy. I think what they learned is he's not a great fit there. Right. He's got speed, and I think he's a good player. And he's got skill. I, I don't think yeah. he's a great player. Yeah. And he's got skill. Right. He's got speed and skill. But they definitely found out, you know what, we thought it wasn't true. And instead of trying to force it and find different roles, which is, by the way, what the old Wild did, right? Mm-hmm. They tried to force things. Like, oh, we'll move this guy here, and then he's got all this. They said, no, we're done here. Um, It's a little, it's a small thing, and it's sort of a hidden thing. But I really appreciate the fact that this roster is being structured and built in a way that goes far beyond. We're just going to try and force what we think are the most talented guys. Yep. It's actually, we're going to do what we think is best for the team. And and I've never thought about it in this context before, Declan, but it's it was part of the flaw with the old regimes. Part of their flaw was, Zucker drives us crazy, and he's a fourth-line guy. But if we keep playing him, and look, Jason could score goals. Like, Jason and Jason was a nice player. But I always thought to myself, does he truly fit on what you're trying to do? Um, Pitt looks a guy that they could have held on to, and they could have milked. And he can score. T- I mean, hell, hat trick, right? Against Kraken, he had a hat trick. Um, but they didn't. They said, doers a better fit for what we're trying to do. Bottom six, fourth line. I think that's a really important but small thing. Yeah, I think it's. I think it is important. I, a lot of fans uh, were a little, I think, perplexed. I know a couple of buddies of mine were confused why Pitlick was placed on waivers. You know, why does Billy not like him? No, does he not fit what they want to do? He's got obviously has very good offensive prowess, and look, he scored goals when he's played. It, it, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of Ryan Donato's tenure when he was with the Wild. Like Donato clearly has an offensive game. Yeah. But yeah, like and, and and they when they played him when they acquired him at the trade deadline, Donato put up some points because he was playing decent minutes and he put up a nice amount of points. But then I think once you kind of realize, oh, this guy isn't really all that good. Is his two hundred foot game? I should say isn't all that good. Right. I shouldn't say he's not good. His two hundred foot game isn't all that good, and he doesn't Bingo. fit what we want. And and I think um, I think Pitlick is kind of in that same bin. Um, now Montreal is such a dumpster fire. If I'm Rem Pitlick and I'm Montreal. Play Rem Pitlick in your top six. There's no, You have absolutely nothing to lose playing him in your top six, and there might be something that you can build around there. But for the wild side, he was logjammed. He was just logjammed, and also he wasn't fitting what they wanted from a bottom six player. And mm-hmm. if this was a team in developmental mode, I'd be upset that Pitlick isn't getting a chance to crack the lineup. But this team isn't in a developmental mode. Um, they're, in, they're in a chance to win a cup right now, and they're in a chance to compete for a serious playoff contention. So... Look, 
I don't think you should be splitting hairs and, and getting all up in arms. At, oh, how can they not find time for Rem Pitlick when other things are working for this wild team right now? I wouldn't fret too much about it. I do think he's got a nice little career. He, he was a good player at the Gophers, but don't look too much into the fact of why, isn't, why didn't Billy give him enough chance here? He just didn't fit what they were looking for. Yep, and I, I think in the case of a guy like Duhaim or Dewar, they definitely do fit that role. And and to me, it's like a puzzle. Pitlick didn't fit. That doesn't mean that he couldn't be a decent piece of a puzzle elsewhere. What it meant was he didn't fit this one. I, I like the construction ideas of lines and the uh, roster. Do you know what else? Well, both of us like. Hmm. We like our chill boys. Declan, okay, why don't do you... Have- why don't you recount the winter classic again? Cause I think that is my, <laughs> I think that might be the, the best example of not just comfort, but warmth in the face of a frigid day. Oh, I had uh, my performance brand on. I had the long underwear on that bamboo fabric, keeping me nice and warm and toasty. And, and you know, even though it's uh it certainly has warmed up since those negative 30, 20 degree temperatures during the winter classic. Uh, Cause it's now nice and a balmy 30 degrees on that doesn't matter. Even though it's warmed up, I still take my bamboo fabrics. I like to be comfortable out there, right? I don't like the bunching. I don't like this looseness. It will change your complete mindset of how boxer boxers or briefs are consumed. It's usually one or the other. It's black and white. I, I'm a briefs person. I'm a boxers person. Personally, before Chill Boys, I was always a boxers person. I don't like briefs. These are not necessarily briefs. I can't really. I can't really define it. Until you try a pair on and then you understand what I've been talking about. Chill boys. They're for your boys. They're for all the boys. Go get your pair. It's a great pair of underwear. It'll change your complete perspective below the belt. Chillboys.com. What Declan said. Exactly right. Final topic. John Merrill, defenseman, veteran, great mustache. It froze at the Winter Classic. And he, he looked like a character from the North Pole in a Santa Claus film. Three-year extension and worth $3.6 million and um, average annual value $1.2 million per year. Here's why I like this one. Because, I mean, he is, you know, he's done a nice job. I like this one because this guards against the Ian Cole. Oh, yeah, he was pretty good. Let's re-sign him. Oh, he's gone now. So, like, this is the, the our last two topics, Dex. They're not sexy topics. To me, they're smart, serviceable moves yep. that 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 that, um, that speak to an understanding of what you want from this team. If you're, well, probably most importantly in this case, Bill Guerin, the, right? Yeah, the Wild have certainly gotten more out of John Merrill than than they thought, and I do think that what we're seeing from John Merrill isn't something that's going to translate well into his 30s from the play that he's doing uh, or providing. That being said, if you can lock up a nice bottom six guy for 1.6 million. You take that again. Don't don't be splitting hairs over how are they locking I don't think up? People are though, right? Not necessarily, but you're giving a multi year contract to what is a bottom pairing defenseman. Like yeah, he is, a he's cheap, a bottom pairing defense, but it's, it's a, good, a cheap, affordable, good, yeah. nice contract, and it gives you solid depth there. Um, if all things go according to plan, and Kalen Addison's uh, contributing to this club full time by next season, and you have John Merrill to round things off, those are good problems. The Wild have always put a nice emphasis on their defense. John Miller in that contract. He's a nice player. Do you have a feeling Kalen makes them nervous with the defensive part of his game? Maybe. I don't know. I just don't. I think it might be similar to Rossi. You know, I just don't know if it's all there yet. But, you know, dumb. It's it, like you should be ready by now. Sure. But, you know, that Marco, was. Marco, I don't think that about. But that was, I mean, that was Matt Dumba for years. I mean, that, that exact 
idea that you just yeah, said. True. That was Matt Dumba for years. So and and he has found his defensive game. So I, no, I I don't think it's uh much of a cause for concern. I don't think it's that big. But good for John Merrill. Good for John Merrill. All right, all right, we are done here. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back at some point soon because the Wild Abe. It's going to play again. They're going to play the Ducks. It's going to be great. It's going to be a game. And then, like you said, on Monday, they've got a matinee that I hope to God does not get canceled. Uh, Dex, before we go, tell people how they can help us, tell people how they can consume more of our content, um, all that good stuff. Yeah, if you uh, like your Minnesota sports content, hit the subscribe button right here on our YouTube channel. We provide daily Minnesota sports entertainment on the Vikings, on the Wolves, on the Wild, not necessarily the Twins right now. Uh, but if you like your Minnesota Wild they content, get good. we'll be back. We'll be back with them. Uh, so if you like your Minnesota hockey content, that's Judd Zolgat. I'm Declan Goff. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. The Score North app is a central hub for everything we do. But yeah, hit that subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. Judd and I will be back to break things down uh, soon enough. For Judd, I am Declan. Pass, shoot, score.